Good morning, Abigail. How are you doing today? I'm well. It's great to meet you, Arrow. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, This book needs to be talked about. This book needs to be in people's arms so they can read it and they can feel the pages while they're turning it. Because, I mean, you've got romance, self-discovery, empowerment. I mean, you you, you put everything into this. Oh, I'm so glad you, you enjoyed it. How does that play out on your personal emotions, knowing that it's coming from you? You are the seed planter. You know, it's, it's so crazy. Like, I, I think because like, my books came out during pandemic, I didn't really have a chance to meet a lot of readers in person um, because my tour, my first tour got can- like, got canceled. Um, my second tour was only virtual. And now this is my first, like, huge launch after pandemic is over. So I'm really excited to re- meet real people who've read it. I think every time I talk to someone who's interacted with the story and the characters, it's kind of a shock to my system in the best of ways. Um, so I think it's just, it's just starting to dawn on me. That's one of the things that I've learned lately, especially, you know, since the lockdown is that people have really become better readers. And I mean, they they go in and they digest a book. It's not one of those things where, you know, it takes two or three months to get through it. They're getting a, they're getting the job done. Mm, yeah. For you to know that, though, I mean, I mean, because you've got to make that connection. I mean, I'm in radio. My connection is it's got to hit somebody on the other side. That listener's got to receive it and then take it and pass it along. You you have that page that's going to be the word when on somebody else's street. That's right. That's right. How do you make that connection? Yeah, gosh, um, I think writing characters that are real, like writing characters mm-hmm. um, and, and actually real at their highest and lowest moments. So my character in Love Boat Forever, Pearl, um, she has gotten into this prestigious summer music program in Manhattan and is so excited to go. She goes and takes like glamour shots and everything and ready to go. And she posts on social media, hey, I'm coming. And then everything blows up and goes like to pot. Like she's, um, she gets, uh, her TikTok video goes viral in the worst of ways. She has all these haters piling on. There's this big social media blow up. And the program rescinds her offer. So it's a really low point for her. Her father had actually passed away um, a year ago and had really wanted her to go on this program. And so I think just those real human moments when of disappointment, of things outside of your control, um, bad things happening to you that you can't stop. Um, she, she has nothing to do for the summer. And so she ends up going on Love Boat, this program in Taipei that her yes. sister went on. Um, because she has nothing else to do. Yeah, see, see, this is the relatable part of your writing, is that they, because readers will put themselves inside these shoes. They may not be living the same lifestyle, but they've got a story that they can relate with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm so glad to hear it. And I, I, I do hear from readers like that they relate to those moments where my characters are in pain. Um, and they, they've, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. Life is hard, and we've all, we've all had to experience those moments. Well, and you, you actually went through this program, did you not, in Taiwan? I did, yeah. So it's a real program that's been around since the 1960s. Um, parents would send their kids there to learn language and culture, um, but also to find a spouse, and that's how it got its nickname, Love Boat, based on the 1970s TV show. Um, and a lot of couples came out of it. My husband actually was on Love Boat a couple summers before me. We didn't meet on Love Boat, but it's one of the things that connected us later. How do you get, how are you going to make that transition change in the way that when we hear Love Boat, we think of the TV show? And I just want listeners to understand, we're not talking about the TV show. She's not rewriting stories that this this is a really good book about a program ah yes thank you it's so it is a totally different than the actual there's no boat um i i laughed because the first time i I, when i started the book started coming out in the world someone actually had a 
a, a graphic of a boat sailing through the ocean. I'm like, actually, there's no boat. It's really just a program. It's you know in a building called Shenton in Taipei um, with dorms and uh, a campus and classrooms. And you're there for six weeks learning language and culture with a group of kids that you know you see day in and day out. And, and that's really where all the fun happens because you're together in this foreign country with no parental supervision. And the kids end up sneaking out clubbing and drinking snake blood sake and yeah. um, really in the process of making their culture their own. I got to tell you, Abigail, I'm so proud of you. From one creative person to another creative person, the way that you have taken your writing, because so many writers will do it and then they hide it underneath their bed or they put it in a, in a closet. And the thing is, is that you've taken your writing, released it to people. I mean, look at Love in Taipei on Paramount+. Plus. I mean, you, you keep pushing it into areas where there's always going to be new fans waiting for you. Yeah, it has been amazing. It is really unbelievable to just see the numbers. I think the numbers don't, I don't believe the numbers, right? They're just right. so big that I'm like, I don't know what a million viewers means. Like I have a TikTok of the film or an Instagram of the film that has had, I think, nine million views now. And I'm just like, wow, I, that number at some point just becomes meaningless. Inviting a new character such as Pearl, how do you bring that up in a new storyline? Because, I mean, things are coming up, you know, that, 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 that kind of, you know, there, there's a fall from grace in this situation. Right. Yeah. So Pearl is um, the younger sister of the main character mm-hmm. from the first book, Ever Wong. Um, and yes, absolutely. There's a fall from grace. She was on this path to stardom. Um, and but, you know, it's also really important that to understand that classical music is really important to her. She loves music. It's in her blood. Um, and, you know, again, that point about her father, like her before he passed away, he he was her music buddy. He sat next to her at the piano and he just loved feeling the music along with her. So to lose that, like it kind of shakes the foundation of a world. Like, who am I if I'm not a classical music prodigy? Um, so she goes on Love Boat, and lo and behold, she ends up connecting with another classical music prodigy. She's totally stunned to find this guy, Ethan, there, who she's heard of. She's even seen him on stage, Carnegie Hall. And for some reason, he's on Love Boat, too. Um, but at the same time, she ends up connecting with this brooding kid in her Chinese classical music class where they're learning all these different instruments. Mm-hmm. She finds out. He plays the Chinese lute. It's a pipa. She's never heard of this instrument um, in her Western upbringing. Um, But he's like this really sour, curmudgeon guy, and she doesn't know why. And over time, she finds out that he's also had his music taken from him. And and that's like a really important journey that they, they, when they team up to, to figure that out together. Do you think part of your success is is based on that you finally have a book here that people here in the United States and around the world can hold it and say, wow, I, th- my image is is on these pages, that they, they feel it's not like the typical stories of 20, 30 years ago, whereas you're talking about real people from anywhere in the world? Yeah, I have been really overwhelmed by like the number of countries where the books are sold and the movies has come out. Um, it's the 12 major languages um, and and more. And I, I you know, it's, I think it's at the core because we're all human mm-hmm. and that's really what it comes down to. Um, and, you know, my editor is actually Italian-American and she said that Ever's family is just like hers. And I love that. See. And I think that's kind of part of the, the hope is people read these stories, they, they meet all these Asian-American characters and like, oh my gosh, they're just like we are. Yeah. Do readers have to start with book number one or is it okay to start with Love Boat Forever and then go back? Yeah, they absolutely can start in any order they want. Um, 
the book, the third book is set six years later. Um, you do get cameos of the fan favorites from the first two books, and so you find out more about what happens to them. But in the third book, it's its own standalone story following Pearl. Yeah, wow. It's it's really interesting how you 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 make it so real in the way that social media plays a huge role in this story. Yeah, it's very much of our time, I think. I, it's so funny, like, it's set six years later, even though I wrote it three years later, but it feels like Pearl is so much more modern than, than even her older sister. <laughs> I mean, listeners don't understand that sometimes, that the number of years required in order to bring a story forward. Yeah, yeah. Each of my books has taken me many years to write. So the first book was three years, the second was two, and the third was two. What's next? I mean, I mean, are you going to continue growing in, I mean, because you, you said there's a, a third book and things. I mean, I mean, you've, you've always got to be asking that next question. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. So there's three love book books now. This is the third love book book. And I've actually got a fourth novel, standalone, different universe, different characters called um, Kisses, Codes and Conspiracies. It's coming out with Macmillan in August of next year. So less than a year away. And I'm super excited for that one. It's uh, set in Silicon Valley. Um, it was pitched to me by my editor um, based on a short story that I wrote for an anthology. And she said, can we have a babysitting story? So it's the most unusual baby story, babysitting story you've ever heard. Um, <laughs> my main character, Tamley, he's like 16, 17 years old. He's babysitting his five-year-old sister when his parents go off to Hawaii with the parents of his love interest, who he's like trying to stay away from. Um, and then his ex-girlfriend from Shanghai shows up on his doorstep with millions of dollars stolen from her father oh, no. and international thugs steals. So it's, it ends up being a caper. It sends them like, you know, running around through all of the Bay Area, um, trying to get away, and uh, quite an unusual babysitting assignment. So I'm, I'm super excited for that one to come out into the world next year. Do you ever wonder where these stories come from inside of you? I mean, do you defrag, break it down, break it down, break it down, and all of a sudden, in the in the center of this egg is this story? You know, for me, I have ideas all the time. Yep. Like I walk around and get an idea. I see, I see a picture. I get an idea. Someone says something, and I have an idea for a story. And so, for me, the exercise is actually narrowing down which stories I tell. So, I am really thankful to have a wonderful team of of agents and managers that kind of help me figure out, okay, what's the next one of my million ideas that you know I should move forward next. How do you remain so loyal but so passionate about it? Because, I mean, yes, it's a job. But the thing about it is, though, you don't write like you, you treat it like a job. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you, you're sharing mm-hmm. a story that doesn't feel like that you're having to do a job. You know, I'm, it's such a great question, especially today. I feel like, wow, it's launch day. and But there's so much work that goes into a day like this. Mm-hmm. And I forget that I have to celebrate. So I, <laughs> I did go out to dinner with one of my dearest friends, who's my critique partner, Sabah here yesterday. She's actually the National Book Award winner for Young People's Literature last year. Um, so we went out and celebrated. And then today I'm going to go out to dinner with my family. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I'm so grateful to have it's such an honor to be able to put my works into the world and and to have this you know even to have this conversation really wow. really I'm so honored. I love the way you use the word uh, celebrate because it reminded me of Taekwondo with my black belt test. And, and Sabanim would always tell me, he says, this is not a test. You're celebrating. This is You're celebrating your mm-hmm. knowledge. And, and I love the way that you use celebrate for that because you realize it's a job. I got to get it done, but celebrate it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> wow. Well, where can people go to find out more about you and to get, because people are always asking that question, well, where do I find it? So Abigail, here's your opportunity. Let people know where you are. Yeah, so uh, you can order the books through your local independent bookstore. It's in Barnes & Noble, all around the country, um, Amazon. 
And the best way to keep in touch with me is to sign up for my newsletter. I actually email it out from my own email account. Um, you know, I'll let you know if I'm in your neighborhood and when the next book comes and other, you know, other film and TV projects that I'm working on. So you can sign up on my website, which is just my name, abigailhingwen.com. Um, and uh, I'm also on social media, uh, Abigail Hingwen. Well, if you ever make it to Charlotte, because there's a lot of authors that come through Charlotte, we got to get together and have a face-to-face conversation. Oh, I would love to do that. Excellent. Will you be brilliant today, okay? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. 